Good morning. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship together, Faith Community United Methodist Church on this uh, second Sunday of Easter and also on this Confirmation Sunday. It is a special day here at Faith Community and I'm glad that you are here to be a part of it this morning. Uh, if you were here last week, you know that the, we had some flickers in the screens. They were kind of going off and on uh, at random times, and we do have somebody coming tomorrow to fix that, but since they're not fixed yet and it wasn't something that we were able to control, we decided to just leave them off for today so as to not distract you. Um, so I apologize to those for whom the, the screens are helpful. Uh, we will get that fixed as soon as possible, somebody coming tomorrow. We, uh, during Lent, we had our Lenten challenge that was raising money for uh, some mission projects, and you all really stepped up to the challenge. I'm pleased to announced that you raised uh, $2,501 for our Lenten challenge. So congratulations. Thank you for that. Uh, that will be divided between the Fish Food Pantry, uh, Interfaith Hospitality Network, and Bridges of Hope. So thank you for your generosity to those missions and also your continued generosity to Faith Community United Methodist Church. Today is Coins for Missions Sunday. I know many of you brought your coins in. I saw the, the buckets getting filled up out there, but if you forgot to put your coins in, and you have some in your pocket or in your purse, make sure you drop those in the uh, blue buckets on your way out this morning so that that can support our mission projects as well. We come today to worship our God, our creator, our sustainer, our redeemer, and I invite you to be in an attitude of worship and stand as you are able for our call to worship. We come again to celebrate resurrection. God gives us new birth into a living hope. Death, Death has, has no power, power over us. Christ, Christ goes before us in the new life God offers. Blessed be the God of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our faith, tested by fire, is renewed. Our, our hearts, hearts are, are glad. Our, our souls rejoice. God shows us the path of life. Again, Jesus says to us, peace be with you. Come to receive life in Christ's name. We, we rejoice in God's amazing good news. In God's presence, we find fullness of joy. Our opening hymn this morning is Easter People, Raise Your Voices. It's found on number 304 in the hymnal. Easter people, raise your voices, sounds of heaven and earth should ring. Christ has brought us heaven's choices, heavenly music, let it ring. Alleluia, alleluia, Easter Oh, 
remain standing and turn in the back of your hymnals to number 881. You will find there the Apostles' Creed, and I invite you to join me in reciting that as we affirm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. There is an opening prayer printed in your bulletin. If you would join me in this prayer, let us pray. Your Easter people gather to praise you, amazing God. Continue to make your ways known to us. Fill us with your presence. We cannot live apart from you. Your counsel and instruction are with us day and night. We have only to open ourselves to your direction. Inspire in us fullness of joy, we pray as we respond in faith to the risen Christ and embrace the tasks you set before us. Build up our sense of community that we may truly care for one another through all life's trials. Amen. At this time, I'd like to invite our compromands to come to the front and their mentors to come with them. And uh, just come to the first step here and kind of spread out in between the two rails here. And the mentors stand with your confirmand, if you could, so that you can introduce them. A couple of you come on this side. That's great. come over here so that I can face you and so that you can face them, because they all want to see you uh, this morning more than they want to see me. (laughs) The the mentors that are up here uh, went through this confirmation process with the confirmands. They came to all the classes with them. They shared in all the discussions with them. They shared their faith uh, together and really helped the confirmands in this journey. And so it's good to have them up here. And I'm going to have them uh, introduce the students to you this morning, and I'll just Start down here. Good morning. My name is Joyce Smith, and I had the privilege and honor of getting to mentor my granddaughter, Grace Smith. Grace is a sophomore at Xenia High School and an avid swimmer. 
Good morning. Uh, my name is Rhonda Cook, and I had the privilege of mentoring Molly Mossing, who turned 15 last week. She's a freshman at Cedarville High School. Um, I've known Molly for quite a long time. Uh, she was in children's church years ago, and it was such a joy to see her uh, continuing her faith during the, the confirmation process. And I know that with Molly, this is something that uh, she, a journey, a faith journey that she's going to continue for the rest of her life. My name is Carla Skaggs, and I have the pleasure to mentor Sierra Horning. Sierra is a junior at Cedarville High School, and she attends the Greene County Career Center. She plays volleyball and basketball. She is also very um, active in 4-H, where she shows sheep and hogs at the Greene County Fair, and an active member of Greene County, um, wait a minute, Junior Fair Board, sorry. <laughs> um, I've really enjoyed getting to know Sierra a lot better during this past year and a half mentoring program here. My name is Sandy Pramer, and I'm happy to introduce to you Mara Ockenhausen who is a freshman at uh, Christian, Christ, Legacy Christian School. Um, Mara is going to be taking classes at Cedarville in the future, and I am happy to have gotten to know her a little bit better. Thank you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. Through confirmation, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledging that God is what God is doing for us and affirming our commitment to Christ's holy church. So first I ask you to reaffirm the faith confessed on your behalf at your baptism. And so on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, say, I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, say, I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. If so, say, I do. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? If so, say, I will. And to you mentors up here, will you who sponsor uh, these compromands support and encourage them in their Christian life? If so, say, I will. And to all of you, as Christ's body, the church, do you reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, say, we do. we do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you in your care? If so, say, with God's help, we will. At this point, I'm going to invite uh, the families. If you would like to come up, we're going to... Uh, Pray God's blessing here, and I'd invite the families to come up, and I'm going to have the confirmands to kneel on the kneeler where you are, and the families and the mentors to stand behind you.
And if you'd like to uh, place a hand on them while we pray, I invite you to do that or just hold out your hand. And, and I'd ask everybody here if you would hold out a hand towards the confirmants as we pray for them. Grace Smith, the Holy Spirit work within you that having professed your faith in Jesus Christ, you may continue in the ways that lead to life eternal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Molly Mossing, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having professed your faith in Jesus Christ, you may continue in the ways that lead to life eternal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sierra Horney, the Holy Spirit work within you that having professed your faith in Jesus Christ, you may continue in the ways that lead to life eternal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Moira Ockenhausen, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having professed your faith in Jesus Christ, you may continue in the ways that lead to life eternal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, I'd ask the families to go back to your seats, but the uh, confirmants to remain up here with their mentors. And you can stand back up and turn back towards the congregation. I, I uh, gave them here a certificate. Uh, it's an envelope with a certificate and a little gift in it for them. And uh, their mentors have a Bible to present to them. And now that they have uh, professed their faith in Jesus Christ, they have the opportunity to join into the membership of the church and of the local church. And so uh, as you come now to do that, I ask you, as members of Christ's Universal Church, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? If so, say, I will. As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its, mem- in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, say, I will. Members of the household of God, I commend these persons to your love and care as members of the United Methodist Church and as members of Faith Community United Methodist Church. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. Will you join in the response that is printed in your bulletin? We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please uh, greet them as new members of the church? Thank you. And you can go back to your seats now.
As we prepare for our time of prayer this morning, I'd invite you to join me in our prayer hymn, which is number 601 in the hymnals, Thy Word is a Lamp. Let us sing together in prayer. thank you, Lord, for that light that you provide for us in your word. We thank you for that light that you provided in your Son, Jesus Christ, who is the Word made flesh. We thank you for his example, for his love that he showed to us, that perfect love, self-giving love sacrificing and reconciling love. Lord, as we receive that love upon ourselves, as we receive the salvation that comes from him, may we allow that love to wash over us and to inspire us to live in that way for others so that they might see your love working in us. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit upon this congregation Strengthen those who are going through times of trial. Heal those going through times of illness. May we see your powerful and gracious hand at work in each one of our lives. And may we give you all the glory for the ways that you work within us and the ways that you work through this church and for your kingdom that you are bringing upon this earth, even as it is in heaven. We offer you our prayers and our worship in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, as we offer to you now the prayer that he has taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Thank you, Carol, for sharing your gift with us. The gospel lesson this morning comes from 2 Peter 1, 1 through 11. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith as precious as ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be yours in abundance in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Thus he has given us, through these things, his precious and very great promises, so that through them we may escape from the corruption that is in this world because of lust and may become participants of the divine nature. For this very reason, you must make every effort to support your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with endurance and endurance with godliness and godliness with mutual affection and mutual affection with love. For if these things are yours and are increasing among you, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For everyone who lacks these things is short-sighted and blind and is forgetful of the cleansing of past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more eager to confirm your call and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble. For in this way, enter into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be richly provided for you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. Amen. With today being Confirmation Sunday, I thought it would be appropriate to speak about confirmation. I'm not speaking, though, just about confirmation as the specific classes that our students went through and that many of us went through as adolescents. Neither am I speaking about the ritual that we performed this morning during the worship service when the students were confirmed and and joined the church. Those are big moments, important, monumental moments. I'm speaking somewhat about that, but only insofar as it relates to the broader context that applies to all Christians. I'm speaking in the biblical context of 2 Peter 1.10, Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more eager to confirm your call and election, for if you do this, you will never stumble. We are, all of us, encouraged, invited, commanded even to confirm our call and election, to confirm our faith in Jesus and our place within God's kingdom. That doesn't necessarily mean going through a particular set of classes called confirmation classes, although for many of us that is a big part of the process. What it does mean is making our faith certain, 
ensuring that our lives are built upon the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. That is what it means to confirm our call and election. There are a couple of different meanings to the word confirm. One meaning is to make certain or to ensure. Whenever I go to a, a doctor's, whenever I make a doctor's appointment, a couple of days before the appointment, I get a phone call or a text message from the doctor's office wanting me to confirm my appointment. They want to know, are you actually going to show up? Same thing with reservations. When you, when you make a reservation somewhere, you often call ahead to confirm your reservation. Perhaps you're planning a, a nice dinner at a fancy restaurant and you call ahead to confirm that they're holding a table for you. Maybe you're taking a trip somewhere and you call the hotel to confirm that they are holding a room for you. When Laura and I went on a cruise for our honeymoon, long before it came time for, for the trip, we confirmed all of our travel arrangements and reservations. Well, at least she did. What we're doing when we confirm a reservation is we're saying, yes, I'm going to be there. We're saying, in effect, I know that you're holding this space for me, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to show up. In Jesus' farewell address to his disciples, shortly before his arrest and crucifixion, he said to them, in my Father's house there are many rooms, I am going to prepare a place for you. Those words are not addressed only to the first disciples, they're addressed to all of us. We are all called to be disciples of Jesus, and as his disciples, Jesus tells us that he has prepared a place for us for each one of us in the kingdom of God. Peter says, be all the more eager to confirm your call and election, so there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus has prepared a place for us. Peter tells us to confirm our reservation. In this sense, then, what it means to confirm your faith is to say, in effect, yes, I know that Christ has prepared a place especially for me. And yes, I intend to be there. I'm going to do whatever it takes to show up for my reservation in God's kingdom. Again, I, I'm not just speaking about what our confirmands are doing this morning. I'm talking about what the Bible says is expected of each and every one of us. Because Confirming our faith is not just about that one moment in time which, in which you say, yes, I'm a Christian, yes, I'm a believer, yes, I want to be with Jesus. Confirming our faith is about every moment of our lives. Imagine that Laura and I had confirmed our reservations with the airlines and the cruise line and everything else, and then we decided that that was all that we had to do to get on the ship. So we didn't set aside any money for the trip, and we didn't bother packing any bags. We didn't even take the trouble of driving to the airport. And then on the first morning that we're supposed to be on the ship, I wake up in my own bed and I say, what happened? We, we confirmed our reservations, why aren't we on the ship? That would be ridiculous, right? Well, how ridiculous is it when people do the same thing with their faith? Imagine, I stand in front of the congregation and I declare, yes, I confirm my faith. Yes, I am a Christian. Yes, I will be there in the kingdom of God. 
and then I decide that my obligations to the church are done. I don't have to worry about that church stuff anymore because I've been confirmed. And so I quit coming to worship. I never study my Bible. I pray only when I'm in big trouble or absolutely have to. I think about my neighbor only when it suits me. And then imagine that one day I die and I show up at the pearly gates and I say to St. Peter, well, I was confirmed as a teenager, just check the reservation list, you'll see my name there. In the context of, of what we're doing here this morning on Confirmation Sunday, I want to make it clear that confirmation is not graduation. Being confirmed does not mean graduating from Sunday school. Confirmation is not the completion of our religious obligations. It's not the end of our journey. Confirmation is the beginning, the entry into a lifetime of faith. It's an agreement, a covenant with God, a covenant stating that we want to be active in our faith for life, to personally accept that active role within the faith community. A second meaning of the word confirm is to prove. When I have a suspicion about something and then I find some information that backs it up, I say that that confirms it. That proves it to be true. Anyone who has ever been in a significant relationship for very long knows that it isn't enough to just say, I love you. Just saying it doesn't make it so if, if your actions don't line up. How do I know that you love me, my wife asks, to which the right answer apparently is not, well, I stick around, don't I? Don't try that, guys. When you love someone, you do things that show it. You live in a way that confirms your love, things that actually mean something to the other person. And Jesus told us exactly how to confirm our love him. If you love me, he said, you will keep my commandments. Doing the things that Jesus commanded us to do, not doing the things that Jesus commanded us not to do, living our lives by the example and the teachings of Jesus, that is the proof of our love for Christ. The true confirmation of our faith is how we live our lives not just what we do on Sunday morning, not just the words that we say. How do you treat other people? Do you show them the same love that Jesus shows you? That's how you confirm your faith. What about people who have crossed you, who have let you down, people who have sinned against you? Do you show them love and forgiveness and grace? That's how you confirm your faith. What do you do with your money? Do you give significant amounts of it away for the benefit of others? That's how you confirm your faith. What about your time and your talents? Do you use your abilities to build up other people, to build up the church? Do you invest your efforts in building up God's kingdom? That is how you confirm your faith. Living a life of faith means living according to God's expectations. And what are God's expectations? The Old Testament sums it up in Ten Commandments. Jesus sums it up in just two. One, 
love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And two, love your neighbor as yourself. The Apostle John said, whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. And the commandment we have from him is this, those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. At the heart of God's expectations for us is love. Love of God and love of neighbor. That is the confirmation of our faith. That love is what proves our faith to be true, real, effective. In our passage from 2 Peter, we find a list of Christian virtues, qualities that the Christian will strive after in an attempt to live according to God's expectations. I won't go into all of those virtues this morning, but I do want to call your attention to two of them. Notice that the list of Christian virtues begins with faith and ends in love. That's not incidental. That is a significant point. That's a a theological point even. Living according to God's plan for us begins in faith and ends in love. Without faith, we are powerless, lost. Without faith in what Christ has done for us and what the Holy Spirit is able to do in us, we have no hope of living a Christian life. Without trusting in God and following God's lead, we're simply wandering through life on our own, missing out on all that God has in store for us. With faith, we are restored to a relationship with God. With faith, we are open to God leading our lives. With faith, our Christian life begins. But Peter tells us, don't stop there. That's only the beginning. Peter says, supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with mutual affection, and mutual affection with love. All of these things are what it means to be a Christian. All of these virtues are going to be growing in the life of someone who is truly sold out for Christ, someone who is given over to God. Make every effort to support your faith with these things, says Peter, because that is how you confirm your faith. And all of it leads to love. Love is the ultimate goal of the Christian life. And the love that that we're talking about is not simply a warm, fuzzy feeling. This isn't about romance. Neither is it about just liking somebody or being nice. We're talking about the love that that in Greek is agape. Agape is is a love that is universal, self-giving. Love that inspires us to give freely without asking what's in it for me. Perfect love that empowers us to live freely and entirely for Christ. That is the goal of the Christian life. That is the end to which our journey of faith leads us. After listing all of these Christian virtues that build on our faith, that strengthen our faith, Peter then says, be all the more eager to confirm your call and election. For if you do this, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior will be richly provided for you. 
Does anyone here imagine that you can do that on your own? Does anyone here believe that you are beyond stumbling? We need each other. We need the faith community to keep us on the right path, to help us to grow in our faith, to pick us up when we do fall down. We can't get there on our own. The virtues that that Peter tells us to develop, the perfect love to which Christ calls us, these things don't come naturally. They don't just spring up out of nowhere. Peter says, make every effort. That can also be translated as, be the more zealous. Be zealous in living out your faith. Do everything you can to strengthen your faith. But even at that, even with the most valiant effort, we're not going to make it on our own. And God doesn't expect us to make it on our own. We are aided in our Christian growth by the Holy Spirit living within us. And we are aided in our Christian growth by living within the faith community, the body of Christ, the church. In order for us to grow in faith, to grow in love as God intends, we have to be constantly attentive to the Holy Spirit and we have to be active within the faith community. That's why we do things such as communal worship, personal devotions, Sunday school classes, group Bible studies, acts of service, charity. This isn't just a bunch of church stuff that doesn't really matter. This is how we live out our faith, how we continue to grow into the people that God calls us and expects us to be. If that continuing journey doesn't happen, if participating in the church ends at the conclusion of today's worship service, then quite frankly, this morning's ritual is empty. If we are not engaged in our faith daily and involved with the faith community on an ongoing basis, then our words and our worship are meaningless. It's what happens following this morning's worship that is the true confirmation of our faith. God be with us all as we continue on this journey together. Amen. I invite you now to stand as you are able for our closing hymn. It's in the hymnals number 310, He Lives. I serve a risen Savior, He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever foes may say. I see His hands of mercy, I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me. 
along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to does indeed live. Go from this place now with the risen Savior walking with you, and may your life be the confirmation of your faith. In the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.